for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit AbyssBattery.com. All right, I am blue. You are bright and shiny in my mind. You got me loving, hating, crazy indecision in my mind. Welcome to the Fall Podcast, where the focus is on deer hunting, tips, tricks, tactics, and stories from across the Midwest. And now, here is your host, Aaron Blisey. Happy Monday, everybody, and we are back for another episode, episode number 73 to be exact, and Justin is back in his home studio with me this week, coming (laughs) back in the saddle, coming from uh, Des Moines, Des Moines, Iowa. What's going Des, on, man? Des Moines. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> you sound depressed right now, and you shouldn't be depressed. I'm not depressed. I'm. I just feel like it's crunch time. Like I'm. I'm doing a little painting at the house and uh, trying to get some last minute things ordered for my Utah hunt. Um, getting some arrows built. Got a new string on my bow. Like I just feel like I'm running around like crazy right now. And, just you know you get that that mindset where you're just like there's not enough time in the day and it's only august yep. 2nd <laughs> so. well you know and i kind of feel the same way because the other day i like actually got my iowa tag the physical physical tag oh yeah you know i've known that, that i've i yeah so you knew i drew iowa yeah you sent me the snap when you got the tag the other day and <laughs> i forgot about yeah it. but what was weird to me is when I actually like opened it up and the tag was right there, I had this feeling come over my body and <laughs> it might sound really weird, but it was like, wow, it hit me. I am actually hunting Iowa this year. You were like, like you were like the Charlie, first time ever. Like Charlie with the golden ticket going into the Yes. Into the chocolate factory. <laughs> For sure, man. And it was weird and then everything was like a rolodex in my head that i do not have done oh yeah and it would just hit me and then it went from that high like i'm hunting iowa to like oh damn i have a lot of crap to do and i can be hunting iowa in two months and two months sounds like a long time but with life now i mean life you just don't have enough time it seems like there's no time to do it no i've I've been counting down to utah for about eight weeks and i'm i'm sitting exactly two weeks out right now so it's uh that came up fast. It's pretty real, yeah. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, I, I do want to say, you know, talking about uh, Utah real quick, um, I mentioned, I think, on the last, well, not the last podcast, but I guess it would be episode 71, I think, uh, that I got my, my string in, my ABB string. And uh, I got that put on the other day and um, had a little shoot-off with Cooper just for the sake of sending some arrows downrange once I got the string mounted and uh, I was shocked uh, a platinum string platinum series string from ABB and my 50 yard pin you know the pin I had zeroed for 50 with the factory string on my halon uh, ended up zeroing out at 70 yards without having to move it like a new string for a hundred bucks got me an extra 20 yards 
That's crazy. With the same arrow, you, same fletching setup, like same draw weight, every single thing the same except for the string. It's it's funny you say that because Keegan came into the office the other day and he's like, dude, he's like, I just put my platinum string on because he got an ABB platinum and he did the red, white, and blue colors uh-huh. and everything. And he's like, he's like, I got 17 plus yards out of it and I didn't change a thing. He's like, I just added another pin and I'm like holy cow like I didn't even like think about it and I have not sighted my bow in yet just because I just got my Garmin sight and I just bolted it on the 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 bow the other day so I haven't gotten that so I'm interested to see you know how much I gain out of it but he said yeah like plus 17 yards and I'm like man that's crazy but you know talking to Bryant back you know whenever I can't remember when it was and I was talking to him and I think it was just on the phone one day he was saying that like you're gonna get better yardage and more uh, more efficiency. I guess that might be the word uh, for you know this with this string. And you know it's kind of hard to believe, but when you have a couple guys telling you the same thing, I mean you kind of gotta believe it. I would think. Yeah. No. I my what I'm excited about is that you know <clears throat> I went from 50 to 70. You know my my bottom pin was was set for 50 with the factory string without touching anything. It turned into a 70 yard pin. Now that's, that's with, nuts. that's with an FMJ. Okay. With a hundred grain head on it. I went, like I said, the last time we talked, I went to axis. So I'm going hundred percent carbon, still five millimeter, but it's like 9.2 grains per inch instead of 11.7 or whatever the FMJ is. So I'm already yep. shooting 20 yards further than I was. And now I'm shooting a lighter arrow. So if you remember, we talked about the reason I wanted to do that because my site is, it's a react pro five from trophy Ridge. And I mean, they all, the, the, the bottom four pins, they, they kind of move apart like all, all at the same time, but at different yep. distances, you know, like it's mathematically impossible to miss if you're zeroed at 20 and then you set your second pin to 30, you know, and then they all, like I said, they, they all move simultaneously, so they should already be set for uh, 40, 50, and 60, or 20, 30. Right. Yeah, 40, 50, 60. And yep. So I'm, I'm going to a lighter arrow. Now I'm going to be able to move those pins back up. You know, I can't – I don't have a 70 or an 80-yard pin. I'm going to rely on that bottom pin to be the one I have to know how to hold over. So the higher I can get that bottom pin – the further I know I can shoot. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. I'm not going to run out yeah. of room in my peep site or look for a place to hold my pin outside of the housing. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I'm, it was nice to see that happen because that's the whole reason I went to the Axis and I spent the money on new arrows and, you know, a new setup like that. And it's it's going to pay off for me. I just got to get out there and figure out what those distances are going to be. Yeah, that's exciting because you're going on this – this hunt and you're going to be more than likely probably taking a shot over 50 yards or more, you know, 50, 60 yards. Like that's yeah. a realistic possibility. Yeah, it definitely is. And, um, like I said, I had that, I had that shoot off with Cooper and I sent you the picture. I, uh, I took a, a, a piece of paper money, American paper money. I won't say how much it was, but <laughs> it, uh, I folded <laughs> it in half and I just, I put it out there on the target, like six inches from the top of the target. So like neither one of us could have a reference. Like we we both had to hold over over the top of the target. So it was like whoever breaks paper gets to keep the bill, and it, like it, whoever touches paper first, it's yours. And he was like, "All right, deal." And then uh, next thing you know, his uncle's in on it, his cousin's in on it, and there was like five of us shooting at an unknown distance. It turned out after we after I hit it, it was seventy four yards, but. Uh, like I said, I, I ended up hitting it, but it's a. Uh, it was just funny to watch it turn into a little, a little shoot off on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Now, you know, you you're two weeks out from your hunt, right? Yep. You're 14 days, 15 days, somewhere right around there. I mean, do you have everything dialed, ready to go, or are we still scrambling? Um, I wouldn't say I'm scrambling. I just I got to re-zero that site. Um, I need to shoot those those new arrows, uh, but like I said, with that sight, you you zero the whole sight 
with the top pin as a 20 yard pin by using the elevation adjustments on the site housing. You know, mm-hmm. you set 20 and that's, that's like the reference point. And then you just, you move back to 30 and then you start using the, the reactor adjustment to get that second pin to fall at 30. And then once you're zeroed at 30, you're good all the way out until your last pin. Like you can go straight back to 60 or 70 and hold right on and you'll be good. So all I yep. got, all I that got react technology is pretty sweet. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you'd call it a good thing or a bad thing, but the, the tedious part about it is that site requires very good shooting in order to maintain accuracy at those longer distances. If you, cause if you're off by an inch and a half at 30, extrapolate that back to 50 or 60 yards while the arrow decreases velocity and trajectory increases, you're going to be, you could be a foot off, you know? So you've got to be dead nuts at 30 yards in order for that stuff to maintain the way you want it to. But, uh, right. You know, outside of the bow and the equipment, I mean, I feel pretty good. Cause like <clears throat> I went out there last year and I filmed Cooper's hunt and I mean, I got by just fine with everything I had and I've got a little bit more gear this year. I got a new pack cause I got for that bear hunt and, um, I got a new pair of boots on the way. I know we, we touched on that a few episodes back. I, I ended up ordering a pair of Krispies. Um, and I got a, a sleeping pad for my tent. That's that's about all I bought extra to take out there. I mean, um, So you're pretty much good to go then. Yeah, I think so. I'm just, me and Cooper have just been talking about, you know, the departure dates and how long we're going to stay and, you know, looking at maps and, you know, looking at old footage and seeing where bucks came from last year and what they're going to, you know, where the water was. And we're going to get out there a couple of days early and uh, try to get about a day and a half worth of scouting in, check on those water sources. And um, our, so the season opens on the 17th. Our plan is to leave Iowa on the 14th, pull into Salt Lake on the 15th, you know, mid-morning or midday, um, kind of gather ourselves and then head up the mountain the afternoon of the 15th camp up there you know glass the 15th and then camp up there that night and then have all day sunrise and all day on the 16th to watch what happens throughout the course of the day and then at least have a little bit of a game plan going into the 17th you know so just try to put some some more of the the odds in our favor because last year it was just a last minute Utah starts tomorrow. I got a tag. I'm like, why aren't we out there? He's like, well, <laughs> you want to go? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so it was just a throw some cameras in the bag and camo, you know, and pack the truck and let's go last minute deal. But uh, I don't know. We learned a lot last year for sure. And kind yep. of, we had, uh, we had a beat on a few bucks out there that, and it's all public ground. So, I mean, it's, it's anybody's game, but uh, had a, had a, couple stocks that got blown by people that were driving in at prime time or riding up on their razors or dirt bikes and just blowing the mountain up so um, we're going to try to beat them to it this year and just get it over with early heck yeah man it's going to be an exciting hunt can't wait to hear about it yeah what about you what's i know you had some blinds you were painting or building or i don't know i see snapchats and yeah sometimes i don't know what's going on over there up there <laughs> <laughs> i don't either man i feel like i get about an hour a day to, to possibly to do something so when i do it's like all right i gotta run and do this i gotta run and do that i gotta hurry up and do this you yeah. know and it's just busy the summer is is already basically gone um so i mean a while ago on a couple of podcasts i can't remember which one it was but you know this year for the one acre farm i was going to start hunting out of box blinds you know, as much as I could for a couple different reasons for access, you know, different winds that I'll be able to hunt them on and getting into some areas where there's no trees that are that, you know, no good trees to put a stand in. So I'm just trying to maximize what I got going on there. So, um, you know, bought all the lumber for, I, I went and purchased the blind and we have some Amish around here that, that build really nice blinds and got all bow windows in it. And, uh, so I got that painted a while ago, and now uh, I went and got some lumber, and I'm building a platform, and I'm almost done with it this week, and I'm hoping to get that wrapped up, and then either next week or the weekend, I'm I'm hoping to 
get the blind out. I'm already, I'm already past my deadline. I want to be out of the woods by August 1st, but if I can get this done, it'll be beneficial and it'll be all good to go. So that's my biggest thing. Like I said earlier, I got the Garmin. Um, the site is, is badass, but when you look at the instructions, it's very intimidating to try <laughs> to set this up yeah, just by looking at the instructions. So I haven't, you know, dove into it, but that is like, you know, priority number one that I even said on last podcast, I think that I need to get done here soon. Um, cause I mean, Kansas, I drew Kansas this year too, and I can be hunting on the 16th of September. So what is that? Like almost, you know, 40 or 30 some or 40 some days. I mean, I could be hunting whitetails. So, you know, that's, that's there too. But I mean, my priority number one is I've got rival I'm editing right now. So I'm hoping to be done with that by September one ish or the first week of September. So then I've got the rest of the fall just to hunt and, you know, get content with Chris and Casey for, you know, rival wild and everything. So that's kind of where I'm going right now. Um, Actually, I'm looking at Chris's bow right now. I've got two of his bows that he wants me to put together. I'm putting new ABBs on those, Platinum Series. So, And this weekend, that's going to be the project this weekend is getting those bows all dialed in for him. I did Jason's bow last weekend, and I'm just becoming the bow tech, man. <laughs> I yeah. dove into this full force about a year ago, you know, and, and now it's I, I love doing it. It's so much fun. I come down to the man cave here at night and I just I go to town man and zone in and it's something really cool I've learned a lot and I it's it's crazy you know it's you and I've talked about it being on a producer side you know when you when you're a filmer and an editor it makes you better at both so like diving into like building bows and tuning them and learning the ins and outs of bows makes you makes me like a better shot almost you know what i mean or a better yeah, yeah. more efficient with my bow you understand that and it's the uh, mechanics of the whole system now better than you did before yeah for sure and that, that's what's so cool about it and now i know too i mean if 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 i have a bow press near me if i'm anywhere and somebody needs help like on a trip or something you know short of like a peep site or needing a bow press I can do just about whatever on that bow with, you know, the tools I have if I don't have a bow press, you know. Um, And I actually have a little tool that you don't need a bow press for if, like, a peep comes out and you need to put a new peep in. Yep. I I have a tool that you can put a peep in with without using a press. So I can basically do just about anything other than, you know, paper tuning or yoke tuning or, you know, twisting cables and stuff like that. I can I can do a lot of stuff, so that's cool. And knowing you you have that in your back pocket, and you'll never forget that, uh, is 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 pretty cool. Yeah, that is that so. is cool. I mean, I I I think that's something I could really dive into. You know, I just <clears throat> I have I have two bows. I do have one Hoyt and one Matthews, but it's like I don't know. It's not, not that I don't want to learn it. I just don't know if I have time to try to pick it up right now and give it the attention that I would like to. Right. But, well, uh, right now with what's you got going on, I think it might be a little tough, but knowing you and the type of guy you are, you're a lot like me when it comes to that. I think when you pick it up and you go like buy yourself a press and get yourself the tools, like it's something addicting. It's so addicting. And once you get into it and you dive, if you just get your feet wet, it's like, okay, now you're up to your, your waist and you're like, you're farther. You're like, I want to learn more. I want to learn yeah. more. I mean, you know, it's, and it's kind of how I've gotten with, I mean, I've only just started fletching my own arrows, you know, this past season, you know, the fall of 2018. And now it's like, I'm sitting on five dozen and about 400 fletchings with different color wraps and different inserts and just like building arrows like crazy just because I have them. <laughs> I don't need yeah. to build four dozen arrows, but I mean, it's like, I've got them at my disposal and I do enjoy that. I need to, I need to, it's find... a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. So, um, well, and this year I dove in a little farther with the arrow building and you kind of got me into that, but with the new inserts, you know, when you yeah. typically get a, a HIT or a hit insert from an Easton, it's usually right around 16 grains. Yep. You know, that's the normal the insert weight that you get with your arrows. Yeah. Yep. The aluminum ones. Well, this year I went with the 50, 75 breaks and I just kept the 75 grains on there. Because oh, I wanted to get my FOC up. You and put my all FOC is right in? at 12. I did. Oh, I thought you only I went, went 50. I, 
I was going to do 50, but then I went the five millimeter, Ooh. you know, axis that were only 9.6 and I wanted my arrow weight up a little bit higher and I wanted my FOC. I got my FOC up to 12%. Nice. So, and typically you want to, you want to get anywhere from like 10 to 15%. So I'm like yeah. right in the middle. Nice. So Very I'm nice. rolling with a four, 470 grain arrow now and yeah, I, I'm excited about it. And that was it's cool. I did it all myself, you know, cut yeah. my own arrows, fletched them all, did my inserts myself. Although three of the arrows got <laughs> ruined in yeah. the shipping process, which sucks. So. Yeah, four of mine did too. Out of the first dozen I opened, four of them were jacked. Not happy about that. Frustrating. Paying for arrows like that. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to call call somebody up at Easton. Yep. I went the same route with the brass, except I went with the 50s. I, I broke them off, and I put 50s in, and uh, I used the epoxy instead of the hot melt. So uh, they're in there for good. There's no coming out. There's no rotating. And, <laughs> um, man, it's. I, I want to try to see if I can order some ballistic gel because I just want to see just how much penetration there's going to be because I'm, I'm going to run right. an inch-and-a-half sever. Like, you know, we talked to Clint a couple weeks ago. And I've got a pile of inch and a half severs and I got this new arrow set up. I got a new string, you know, and I'm just, I'm itching to watch that fletching disappear into the side of an elk in another month and a half. (laughs) I just, I can't wait to watch, to watch it go through something. (laughs) I want to order some gel and I want to, I want to set it up and do it. You know, we we got some gel, and this will be the last thing I say here because we're getting linked in this intro, but we got some gel to to do some testing with at the studio, and I think you can get them for like 100 bucks a piece, um, the ones we got. But I'm, I'm sure you could probably get a little cheaper ones, but they work out pretty darn good, and they're pretty cool to play around with. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into it, I think. <laughs> I'm too impatient. Yep. <laughs> you're an impulse guy too yeah i kind of you're yeah. like ah yeah i'm gonna swipe the card on that if, one uh, if i can find him on sale it's over <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, all right well, well good deal man i let's let's get over this interview where we you know we got josh sparks on from uh you know the editor of chasing november from midwest whitetail so yep. let's get him on there and uh let's let's let that interview take over all right, on the phone today with us is Josh Sparks. Josh, how you doing, man? Doing well. How you guys doing today? Doing good. Good, good. You know, it's hotter than balls over here in Michigan right now, and it's hard to get out and do anything. <laughs> but uh, season's coming around here soon, and I was just looking at, uh, I got a countdown on my calendar right now for Kansas opener, so sep- September 16th's coming quick, so I'm excited about that. But before we yeah, get that's... too far into this, um, I'm going to cut Justin off there. <laughs> but uh, can you introduce yourself and kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and you know how you got into this? Yeah. Um, so my name is Josh Sparks, and from Iowa, uh, Eastern Iowa area. Um, as far as getting into this, I think we're talking about editing and being a producer. Yeah, the industry. Yeah. Producer, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the story's kind of weird. I actually met Jared Mills with Midwest Whitetail. It had been my freshman year of college. And at that time, I was a super big fan of the show. Um, had never picked up a camera, sat in front of a computer, and then basically just begged him to let me watch what he was doing. And uh, kind of took off from there. So here we are, was it four years later, I think? Yeah, because you started out editing a regional show, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't even editing a regional show. I was like, he would give me hunts. I'd try and put them together. He'd say, they were, you know, this is why they're not good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, go from there. <laughs> Figure out how to make it work. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I never grew up thinking I wanted to do this. I knew I wanted to do something that put me in the woods as much as possible. Yeah. And filming somebody else was the way that it started. Yeah, it was kind of the same for me. Like, I I wanted to get into guiding, and I wanted to hunt as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And then I guided guided one hunt for, I mean, I guided more than one hunt, but the first hunt I guided, 
for a show was with Aaron. That's awesome. It was like a light bulb, and now I've got a giant student loan bill that I guess <laughs> down the line kind of got me where I'm at, but it's nowhere near the same same thing I paid for. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty lucky. I actually uh, ended up dropping out of school my senior year, so I have two semesters left to get a degree, but it was just too good of an opportunity yeah. to turn down. So. Yeah, that's half the battle, recognize the opportunity and take it. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And it, you know, a lot of people say it's not, you know, what you know, it's who you know, too. And in this industry, if you know a lot of people or know the right people, you can, you can get pretty far and be pretty successful and do what you're doing, too. And absolutely. And uh, I totally understand that as well. I mean, I went to school for television and digital media productions. And then, you know, I work alongside of, you know, two other guys that are doing basically the same thing I'm doing, but they're self taught, you know, so it's, but, I will tell you, like, when I started doing this, like, just about, you know, almost eight years ago, like, you needed a degree to get yourself in the door at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, like, the only option I had to do that. So, it was, you know, I didn't know the people. And then, you know, the guys that I've been referring to is they came in, you know, three years ago. So, they the times have changed, you know, from eight years ago to three years ago to where, you know, they there was more uh, film schools being put on, and that's what they did. They came to our film school and and uh, really excelled, and we really liked them, and we had some openings. So then, you know, they they interviewed for the job, and we gave it to them. You know, so yeah. that really wasn't a big option when I was coming in. So that was kind of something I had to do. But it's you know things are evolving, and I I bet you I I would be bet to say that a lot of guys doing what we're doing nowadays haven't went to school for it or you know, they just know someone or, and, uh, got them in the right position. So, but it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. I mean, it's two different stories, two different ways right there, you know, and, and just trying to meet the common goal. Now, yep. you know, we're talking about this thing that you're doing and I didn't even introduce or, you know, say what you're doing, but you are, you know, one of the producers and editors for chasing November for Midwest Whitetail, correct? Yeah. So you've been yep, doing for uh, that for, for four years, right? That's what you're saying? Yeah, no, so I didn't, I've done the last two seasons of Chasing November. Um, okay. I just started, like my first time I ever opened a video project was about four years ago. That's when it all. I got you, okay. That journey began. And you did last, yes, yeah, last season of yep. the Midwest season Whitetail three. main show. So yep. you've been doing Midwest Whitetail and Chasing November for two years in a row now. Yep. After having yep. started for the first time on anything four years ago. Yeah, no, it was a pretty quick progression. Yeah, um, you know, the first time that Jared and Bill asked me if that's what I wanted to do, I said yes. I shook my head, and deep down I was kind of just, like, scared to death. <laughs> you know, I was like, there's no way I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like you skipped the minors and went right to the major league. Yeah, no, yeah. that's kind of how it felt. It's but, a lot of pressure. Yeah, no, it's, I just want it to be good, you know, do justice for all the hard work that, you know, not to get too far into it yet, but we have a really large staff of people mm-hmm. that contribute to that as far as content goes. So you want to do a good job for them. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of, you guys have a lot of staff. I mean, how many people do you have on the Chasing November or Midwest Whitetail staff that you're pulling footage from? Do you have a number right offhand? Um, I mean, you're probably looking at 70 to 80, you know, year-long storylines I'm looking through. That's uh, aggressive. Not every that's single aggressive. one of those. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's – we'll get into it when we talk about, you know, where we start with Chase in November, but that's the hard – that's one of the hardest parts is, you know, putting 80 people's stuff together into 24 episodes that make sense yeah. and are where interesting. Where there's multiple storylines running within yeah. each episode. That's the thing, yeah. And to kind of relate to what you were saying there, I produced a show called Whitetail Fix. It's still on the air. Um, I did the first season of it. It was back in 2013, I believe it was, something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, they had 11 guys on their team. And I'll tell you what, man, to have 11 guys to to try to fit in storylines, and then you've got 11 different opinions saying – well, why didn't mm-hmm. this make it or why didn't this make it? And I'm only I'm only, you know, in your sense, you can 
make it 25 minutes. You could probably make it 15 minutes if you want. You can make it 30 minutes. I'm at 23.45. Like, I have yeah, to hit that mark, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we only have 12 original episodes. So there's stuff. I mean, there's times where I had to leave kills on the table because we didn't have any room for them. I mean, you had mm-hmm. then you had to pick, you know, which ones are the better ones, which ones are the more produced ones, and and what ones have more storylines. And dude, I get it, man. It was it was stressful. Like, I think when I got done editing that series, I just went and laid down in the fetal position somewhere for a couple of days <laughs> because <laughs> it was brutal, man. And when you That's say seventy right different, st- yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you just finished last week, so I mean, you're you're I mean, you're fresh right off it. I mean, what? What were you probably in front of the or behind the computer for five, six, seven months, somewhere around there? Well, um, I mean, I started editing Chase in November, February, because the main show ends in early January and take a couple weeks to, I don't know, refresh per se. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I mean, starting in February and then all the way up until August 1st. Man, yeah, so like six months. That's That's crazy. And, I mean, you you pack on weight because you have no other choice. You're just eating and drinking pop, and I am anyway. The and you of just like that was consumed, <laughs> making the that coffee. Show. You could, yep. And I, you know, recently found Mountain Ops Ignite that I just, I mean, I basically should have an IV for it because it's just pumping <laughs> through my my blood yeah. just to stay awake I got, sometimes. I just I just ordered some of that myself yesterday or uh, Tuesday. What flavor? Full site was twenty. I got the uh, the Hush Lemonade Ignite. Oh, you, you would. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> hey, it was, the whole site was 25% off until midnight, and every order that went in in July entered you for that truck. So I hope you're not planning on winning that truck. <laughs> well, I can tell you the pink lemonade is like crack. I mean, it is the pink <laughs> lemonade is where it's at. And I'm to the point now where I'm pretty sure I've had it so much that – I'm immune to it, so I just drink it for the taste now. Yeah, so. it's like Josh and coffee. Yeah, that's yeah. basically my water. I think Josh lived well, on – he edited Chase in November on coffee and croutons, I bet. Croutons. <laughs> croutons. <laughs> it's like, that's Josh's snack. Like I said, potato chips, it's a bag of Texas toast croutons. Oh, those are <laughs> good, though. That. They are good. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I recently, because I drink coffee pretty heavy too, and, you know, I'm my go-to creamer is the French vanilla creamer, and I recently found out that your vehicle can run on that for oil, basically. That's about the substance of it, so I need to mm. really start cutting down on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's about 10W30 motor oil. It's basically what That's it crazy. is. But... Yeah, so, I mean, let's dive into it here. I mean, so you started editing Chasing November and the main show back in February. Now, what goes into that? Like, let's start from square one. I mean, talking about getting all these other pro staff's storylines. So are you going through and ingesting the footage, and while you're doing that, you're trying to watch it and then establish, you know, establish storylines from there? Yeah, so what I do, and I have, you know, the benefit of editing the main show, so the 2017, 2018 season, you already know the main show storylines. You know, you know what kills were, you know what ha- where they happened, what time of year. The the hard part is getting into. So we have a regional show format too. I'm not sure if your listeners will be familiar with that. So there's like main show covers all our staff in Iowa, and then we've got other regions across the country. That's those other like 70 guys. Um, okay. So basically what I do there, I f- I'd make a list of every kill that we had, um, you know, regional and main show, what the dates were. And then if it makes the cut as far as quality or a lesson or some teaching point, I watch every single hunt, every clip from every person. Because the thing about Chasing November is you're wanting to tell the most clear, concise storyline. And so if you kind of just wing it, uh, <laughs> holy crap. Sorry. So cat just jumped out of the rafters, like right in front of Josh's face. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> like out of nowhere. <laughs> Jesus. That's why you can't trust cats, man. 
At one moment, they'll be purring on your lap. The next thing, they're ripping your face off. That's why I can't trust them. <laughs> you can't trust them. Oh, my gosh. That was funny. Uh, but, so, you know, making that list of kills, going through every piece of footage, you know, that's the that's a very time-consuming process um, because, like, you know, we talked about there's over There's 43 kills, I think, in Chasing November Season 4. Wow. So, I mean, you can at least... You know, yeah, I'm trying to think where I was going with this. That cat threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good because, you know, even with doing Rival Wild on my sense, and, and I'm going to try to compare this as you go, and I'm going to try to relate for everybody listening to, to kind of what I do as well. And I do a lot of the same thing. The thing that where I struggle with too is, you know, I film Casey I've, I all year. You know, I don't film anybody else. And I take a journal every day, you know, and what we do. But when I get back in the edit bay, all the other guys like Chris and, and Jason and, you know, Lee or Adam that might be getting filmed, I, mm-hmm. you know, I know like the bigger bullet points that they do, but I don't know like, oh, they had an encounter with this deer that morning, two, you know, two mornings in a row. I, you know, I don't remember that. So doing what you're doing, I do the same thing. My, my first initial thing when I get in is I ingest the footage. I know, you know, like you, you're doing everything chronological order. I mean, if it mm-hmm. happens, you know, from day one to day 30 and that's what we're doing with rival wild as well so i just go in there and i folder it out and you know the big thing when you're in the field for me is like the more organized you are you know and you know logging footage in the field the more organized and easier it's going to be when you get back in the bay to edit oh yeah so that's why i just try to keep it you know really uh you know that the word i'm looking for concise and organized in the field and it just makes it so much better so you know i was just editing a show this last week actually and and i needed a a a b storyline because i had an a storyline going and i found that chris had two encounters that i had no no idea about and Mm -hmm. i mean it worked out perfect but that's the bad thing about editing is you got to sit there and gouge your eyeballs out and watch every clip and i mean there's hundreds of clips you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's you try to skip corners, um, you try to cut corners, that's what I would say. But if you try to, you know, guess what's there, long term, it's going to be a worse product, um, right? So, yeah, I just want to back up real quick. Like before the cat dropped in Josh's face, <clears throat> he was explaining, you know, the way that the the footage comes in on the breakdown. I think the point you might have been trying to make was the fact that you're using the same footage mm-hmm. for Chasing November that you use during the main show, like th- as things are coming out semi-live during the season. So yeah. to revert back to what he was trying to explain, it's he's already seen that footage and he's watched it all already. So he knows, you know, he'll go back and look for those kills and then just timeline it on paper, you know, kill by kill, you know, in chronological order, just to have a reference you know, a place to start when it comes time to put those stories back together for Chasing November. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, the thing about Chasing November, you know, our main show and the regional shows, majority of it's just kills. You know what I mean? And then a little bit of strategy about what went into it. Um, and, you know, the semi-live format as a viewer, you're watching it during hunting season. But Chasing November is a lot more in-depth. So we're every encounter, you know, like even just like, for example, you, mm-hmm. you know, your public land story. You know, um, your two hunts before leading up to your kill. You know, those are all super important going into depth on why you chose a spot. You know, giving some backstory on you moving into the deeper public land then you killed that buck. Um, You know, it just gives a better in-depth picture and just the whole story. Right. Now, for one thing that I, you know, because I watch Chasing November and everything, and, you know, Bill self-narrates the whole episode well not the whole episode but like you know he narrates you through the episode so do you cut the episode and then while you're cutting it do you think of those vo points that you need or is it easier for you to write a vo or or have a good idea and have bill cut it and then edit to that so bill and i basically what i'll do is i'll rough out all 24 episodes uh, we spent a lot of time together you know writing those voiceovers um because the thing is is like until you create episode one through 24 you don't really know what you're trying to connect you know there's things in episode two that have something to do with episode 15 
Yep. Um, basically, what we'll do is I'll come in with bullet points because, you know, we're always trying to keep something about a lesson and just something interesting, you know. So if it's a grunting situation or calling or right. whatever, that's something what the voiceover ties together. Yeah. yeah, educational, that's the word. Um, so, yeah, I mean, basically, we just write them together. He records them. And then what I'll do is I'll put them back into the episode. And if I feel like something needs changed or we just go back and record it. So it's not a it's not yeah. a high class operation. <laughs> we just sit in his garage and have a microphone. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I I totally get where you're going with because I rough every episode as well. And then when I you know, the good thing about a VO guy or a, a self narrative guy is that times when storylines lack, you know, from mm-hmm. the field, that's when you can put the pieces together. And that's what I like about having that Um, because we don't shoot spines anymore. Like we do like Mm -hmm. journals from the field sometimes, but you know, when you're out in the field, like, you know, you both, you guys know you produce and stuff like that. And sometimes you miss something and you get, uh, you know, you, you, you get tied up and everything and you might miss something. So back in the edit bay, if you've got a VO guy, I use them. I like using them as, like I said, tying up storylines or using them as transition pieces. You know, yep. and I also like to use them as uh, relative pieces. So I want I want my viewers to be like, man, you know, I, I, me and my best friend drag deer out and, and blood trail deer like that too. You know, I want exactly. them to feel yep. like that. And, you know, that's, that's the time that I like writing it to kind of get creative as well, to have people relate and like almost put them in, in the shoes of, you know, in my sense, Chris or Casey are there, you know, yep. and that's what's cool about it for me um a lot of the a lot of you know before you know years years ago you'd see vo saying oh you know that buck he's coming you know he came around the corner and then two two seconds later they'd show the buck so you're almost like foreshadowing what's going to happen and it wasn't i wanted to stay away from that i didn't want to like tell everybody what's going to happen then show them i wanted it Mm -hmm. to be more unique and more um, creative, I guess. Yep. And what well, you guys do. Yeah. And you know, and what you do with chasing November, it's great because, and it, I'm, I'm going to guess it helps you out a ton because you're probably not getting a lot of interviews. Probably. I'm going to guess from your, your staff, you're only probably getting entry interviews a majority of the time. So Bill is really tying those points together. And I like having the, the perspective of Bill there because I mean, I grew up watching Bill Winkie and that he's still one of the guys that I look up to and, and uh, I like hearing his, his opinions and, and his, mm-hmm. his tactics. So that I, I really like that part about it. Yeah, no, we're pretty lucky. Um, you know, our team does a really good job. You know, we run a film school every August and we kind of cover, you know, how do we need guys to be doing interviews? Cause you know, it's just that that's a nice thing doing a semi live it's every day, you know, every day they're hunting, they're continuing their own story. Um, so it makes it pretty easy on me from that standpoint. What would be the biggest, in your opinion, when you're doing the semi live, what mm-hmm. is the biggest hurdle for you being the editor, you know, and the producer for it? Like what is in the whole grand scheme of things, you know, you're getting footage just about every day, I'm going to guess. So what's yep. the biggest hurdle for you? That's a good question. You know, I don't mean to give a super a super simple answer, but it's just doing it. You know, it's a grind to do it for 45 days. Like, you know, you hear the semi-live format, and you're like, oh, that's cool. I do that. Yeah. But to do it to a high level every single day after hunting, right. you know, because basically what a day in the fall looks like is you go hunt in the morning, hunt in the evening, get home, edit, go to sleep, do it again. Yeah. Yep. Um, not a lot of downtime. There is none, you know, yeah, so it's just... Unless you want to sacrifice hunting time, I mean... Yeah, and I mean, the other part would be just organizing everything, making sure everything's backed up. Um, you know, a semi-live show, it's hard to appreciate it when you're watching it as a viewer because yeah. it's just there, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of sleepless nights during the fall to produce it like oh, that. I, I get it, man. It's hard to appreciate you know, anything that you're doing because you watch it so much. I mean, in a 23 minute episode that I'm editing for TV, I won't watch it on TV because I've watched it so many times. I 100% get that. Yeah. I think we've all been there. Like, yeah, 
I don't know. I did Whitetail TV last year while you were doing the main show, and I mean, nope. I think I don't even know. There was what fifteen episodes, maybe I think. No, eleven. I don't even remember at this point, but yeah, ninety-four percent of them were all-nighters the night before they were due, getting <laughs> uploaded at seven forty-five a.m. Yeah, no, because I mean the other thing and. During the fall that we do is those daily video blogs. So I'm not just doing the main show. You know what I mean? It's whoever I'm with, like Owen Riegler last year. You know, I know we were kind of talking about earlier before we got on here about that October 12th hunt um, when I passed all those bucks. But, you know, you get get home from a hunt, you edit the video blog, then you start working on the main show or something that go in that week's episode. Now, so... Run me through the schedule of a semi-live show that you guys do. So, you know, let's say you hunt you and everybody else. You know, when you know you're about ready to push the go button on a semi-live show. So I want to know the schedule of that. Like, when you start editing or, okay, let's say this. When you start, whoever it is, starts hitting record for the first hunt that it's going to be in, let's say, episode one. From mm-hmm. that day, when, how long, how many days is it until that episode is going live? Um, I mean, there's every Monday is when our show comes out. Um, but you will see from on the main show, the majority of the teams, you'll see it that night. Um, you know, like I said, we get done hunting, get back to a computer, upload a video blog, it's live. And then, so everything you watch on the main show is within the last six days. Okay, so it kind of it kind of tears up. So if you think about those regional teams, like he mentioned earlier, that stuff's coming in daily, and those are going out on blogs, same as everybody else's in Iowa. Owen, Bill, what the regional shows? So there's we have like a weekly schedule. So there'd be a regional show that comes out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and main show also comes out on Monday. And then you'll pick from all those shows, you know the best hunts of the week on top of whatever's going on with Bill or whatever's going on top with Jared or you or Drake or anybody for that matter. And then that's what goes into the main show with some kind of a lesson. Yeah. I mean, so throughout the whole week, you're going to be editing these, these, these blogs that typically are probably getting finished edited Saturday or Sunday to go on the main show on Monday. Correct. Yeah, I mean, the video blogs can be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, every time we go hunt, there's a blog on that hunt that night. Yeah. Right, but what I'm saying is you could be taking Monday's blog and that could, or Tuesday's blog, and that could be part of next Monday's episode, though. Yes, yep. So so it's not like you're you're getting all the footage in and, like, well, you might be, but (laughs) it's not like you're editing it all on a Sunday night. I mean, you've already touched the footage Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, honestly, typically that's what I do. Yeah, I mean, Sundays are pretty dedicated to that. Yeah. I mean, because the thing is, is you never know what you're going to get. You know, so if you make right. a show on Monday and you're going to release it in seven days, it's not going to be as current. It's not going to be as useful right. if you don't wait to make yep. sure you have the most current information. Right. So, like, last year... It would have been our second hunting episode on Midwest Whitetail. I actually filmed a kill on a Sunday evening, went back to the office, and, you know, edited the main show. With that kill in it. It was See, that's what, that was my next question. If, you, if somebody kills on Sunday night, is that going into Monday's episode, or that'll be next Monday? Um, it really depends what the situation is, if they can... Typically, that's going to go in the next week um, just because of logistical getting it to me. Right. Yep. Unless, um, it's, unless it's somebody in-house. Like, I'm guessing you're talking about Pages. Pages, yeah. That's that youth kill. daughter. Yep. So, yeah, Josh filmed that hunt and obviously had the control of it and was able to come right back to the office that night and include it in that next show. It was going out the next day. But if it was yep. somebody coming in, like, from a region or – I mean, somebody that was, like, living in eastern Iowa or elsewhere that would have taken too long, you know, it would go in the following week. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, the the cool thing about this, or one of the cool things to me anyway, is, 
this this whole show when you put it together is you, right? I mean, nobody else is touching this. Like this is no. all edited by you. Graphics, sound, color, I mean everything. So that's what's yep. cool about it to me because when I started editing, that was like I do it all. Like I do I I can dabble in some after effects, nothing aggressive, just like 2D kind of stuff and um but I I can do it effectively enough now to where I can make my own stuff. And if not, mm-hmm. I'm going to figure it out. But you know, when you watch a rival episode, I mean, I'm roughing it, you know, sound, color, you know, everything. And right now I'm down to a three-day edit for a 23-minute show, uh, which is, I mean, for right now it's pretty moving. But I'm in, I'm in mid-season form right now. Like I'm, I'm running yep. with a pretty good gallop <laughs> right now. So, yeah. <laughs> but th- that that first episode, that that damn thing's a doozy because that thing will take you three weeks. Oh, yeah. Like it, the yeah, first just... one always is sucks. <laughs> You're just throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks until it makes sense. <laughs> exactly. And you, you'll you sit there and like, God dang, that does not feel right. And it's like, well, I'm going to give it another day. Like, I'll see how I feel about it in the morning. You come in the morning, you're like, man, that's that's a good piece right there. And I'm like, I didn't touch anything, you know? And it's, I'd rather have somebody hang me out the window by my fingernails than that first episode. That's a hell of a, yep. I hate that one. No, I actually skipped episode one, basically. I mean, I put together the kills that went in it in the Chasing yep. November. Um, yep. But as far as that intro, I probably didn't complete that until I was, like, on episode 22, 23. Just because it's, like, you don't really know what right. the best way to do it is until you have this series in front of you. I mean, I, I do that yep. on, on a single episode a lot of times. Like, take away that pressure of exactly opening up. Like, start with a kill and go backwards. And then you have all that stuff to work with and then put your closer in there and it just, it flies yeah, compared to exactly. trying to scratch your way through it, start to finish, you know, in chronological order. Yeah, and it's especially important with chasing November because as a viewer, if the opener sucks, you're not going to watch anything else. Right. Um, right. That's, you know, to me, it's the most important part of the entire series yeah. is episode one. Yep. And that's, you know, that's one of the questions that a lot of people ask me about, like, how do you edit a show? And it's kind of hard for me to answer that because I do every episode different. I mean, episode one was a kill. And like Justin said, if there's a kill, I know it's going to be in segment three, more than likely. I'm going to segment three and I'm editing that kill. Segment four is usually going to be recovery, reflect, you know, that kind of stuff and, and recap. So I'm doing those two two segments first. And usually I can get those roughed in a day and mm-hmm. pretty solid. Like I can get those, you know, everything but graphics, like sound, everything, like pretty dialed. So then you're you're coming out of Monday and you're like, man, I had a hell of a day. Like let's let's keep that <laughs> momentum going. And then Tuesday you roll in and usually my segment two in just about any show, segment two is usually my pain in the ass. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it just for some reason I struggle with it and it's a lot of the times is because you're trying to find the story in my sense story b is where two is going to take form and be that prominent because you're trying to transition from your intro and your segment one which is going to be like setting up what could be a kill or setting up story a so then it's like because you usually have multiple guys so i go from a to b and then you kind of put b to b to rest unless it you know, works into segment three a little bit, but you know that's going to be the kill. So it's a it's a struggle. But I've 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 edited episodes where I started right in se- uh, segment one and just went to segment four. You know, or you start with the last one and then you go to the first one and then you you fill in the meat and taters in the middle. So yep. it's it's all depends on how I feel that day. Yeah, it's a that's a hard question to answer. How do you edit something? Yeah, <laughs> and I you and I have had this conversation a lot in the past, like. For me, like, I I have to believe in what I'm doing. Like, I've got to feel it. Like, I can't – I think it comes through if somebody just sits down and puts it together to make it look like it's something presentable. But you can sit down and watch something else like Chasing November that's obviously got emotion in it, and you can tell there's effort behind it, you know, and you can tell someone gives a crap about what they're doing. It's not just turn and burn and get yeah. it out, you know. And, I mean, there's times where that's the only choice we have, and, I mean – it's just the way things have to get done sometimes. But if you watch and compare those things, you know, you could probably sit there and look at 
what somebody actually yep. felt like they wanted to do versus what they had to do just to get it done on time. Exactly. Yeah, right. no, I mean, it's we've got a really good group, you know, and I'm talking about everybody, all the regional guys. I mean, it's really hard to put into words how hard everybody works just to get the content, you know yeah. what I mean, like I said earlier. So just really want to do a good job for all those guys. Yeah, and you know you're kind of you're kind of at the mercy of all those other guys in the field, you know, trying to get you content and get it to you in an organized fashion, so you can start, oh, yeah. you know, moving around, cutting it and putting it together, and so that that's that's the shitty part, you know, when it comes to your side because it's like you're just at the mercy of them, and hopefully they're gonna come through for you. Yeah, I mean, I just I've always tried to have a relationship with those guys of you know. If you need something from me right now, I'm going to do it for you because, you know, I'm at some point going to need that same favor. So, right. Um, for sure. Work hard for those guys and they work hard for me. Yep. So now what's your schedule right now? I mean, you just wrapped up chasing November. So you're going to, you're going to just go like out to Vegas and just party for the next couple months or are you going <laughs> to, or rather, you got some more stuff go to, to edit? He's leaving tonight. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Cheap flights, get out there. <laughs> no, I'm actually uh, spending as much time at night now trying to get summer-related content. Because, I mean, Minnesota White Sales main show is 15 days away. So, so Yeah, today's the well, – today, it's Friday we're recording. Today it's the okay, th- yes, second. My bad. Today's the second, and it yeah. goes out on the 15th. I think it's the seventh, something. Either way, it's coming up in a couple weeks. Um, okay. So I'm just trying to get, you know, as much velvet content. And I crashed my drone the other day <laughs> trying to get a shot. I, I actually uh, didn't crash it. it. It landed in the air. So it was still <laughs> flying. Um, but <laughs> It was like a little nest up in a tree. Like, like it, just, it just fell into the little... Oh, man, I smacked it, it that branch square. The, the uh, robin got the shot now. Oh, he got it back. He, oh, you yeah. did? And he, yeah. No. Oh, actually, I've crashed my drone twice. Okay. I've crashed. Okay, you're talking about another time. <laughs> yeah, I've crashed my drone twice in the last week and a half. That is a bad day, man. I'll tell you what. I've crashed like six drones, okay, in the last seven years. And for one thing, <laughs> reason or another. And we started with these darn stupid Phantom 1s, and they had a mind of their own. You'd get them up mm-hmm. 10 foot, and they'd just go right into the ground. And yep. they just like <laughs> blow up. You know, that was, I've crashed probably more of them, but now with the, the Mavics and the Inspires and stuff like that, those things are really nice to fly. But anyway, I flew one so far that I'm pretty sure it's probably in Iowa somewhere right now. And <laughs> just, yeah, it just can't kept find going. It. it just you kept going. But I'll tell you what, when yep. you crash one for me anyway, I am done the rest of the day. Don't talk oh, to me. I am, feeling, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a piece of shit when, if I crash one. Yeah. No, I mean. The second time, you know, it was just one of those. Because, like, the shot that I was trying to get, you have to fly at full speed through a really small hole. In the, it looks the, really cool. Yeah, it does look good. You know what I mean? But when you realize it's too late, you've already hit it, yeah, yeah. and it's, you're screwed. <laughs> wait wait a second. Gotta I got a question. It. I got a question. Risky, I got to go risky. back. So in Chasing November's intro, there's a really cool drone shot that looks like the blade clips the – the oak when tree went, is that is that uh, yours? Oh yeah, <laughs> it was his shot. Bill's drone. <laughs> yeah, oh, I bought gosh. my own. I bought my own drone recently. When I, I saw that, I'm like, go. "Holy crap!" I'm watching it for the first time. I'm like, "Ho ho ho ho!" And he's getting close, getting close, and it just goes. <laughs> I'm like, I know that that drone's in the drink after that. It, it's like when you're driving down the highway and like a giant bug comes at the windshield, but like you can see it coming, but you're just like you don't register. <laughs> And all of a sudden, you like connect last second, the eyes like, with you, it. you try to like move your head out of the way, but <laughs> yeah. it's the windshield, and you're like, "Dumbass!" Yep. Yeah. No, that was. Yeah, I was pretty close to that tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the day oh, you got man. that shot. You were like, "Hey, you gotta watch this." <laughs> so no, that's you a know, fun go, thing, man. Creating for this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What? No, I was just saying it's one of the fun things about our job is trying things that aren't smart to get a cool shot. <laughs> no, I agree. Usually the risk is worth the reward if you can pull it off. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise you did what he said yeah. and uh, just cry the rest <laughs> yeah, of the day. Leave me alone. But it's usually high, it's high risk, high risk, high reward. It's usually that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No. 
So, so I mean, coming up, we're, I mean, we're in August now. Season's going to be starting here soon. Like you said, you're filming for starting to get assets for, you know, the, this next season. Now, are you going to be changing anything as far as, you know, how you're getting content from your staffers or how you're going to be putting anything together? I mean, do you find um, different ways to do things while you're editing? It's like, man, I really got to fix this process of it and I'm going to try to implement something. You know, honestly, things are going to be um, pretty similar to last year. Um, we'll have the video blogs running every day. Regional shows will be being produced and then the main show. Uh, you know, the nice thing about the way our show is structured is it's always based around hunting and the lessons that whatever happened that week. You know, it's pretty easy to create a show as far as, you know, new ideas because something different happens every time you go to the tree. From somebody, somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And the, I think I think one of the coolest things that I, I saw, you know, coming into this job a year and a half ago was the way, like, the stories evolve based on yep. the way the regions are laid out because you have seasons that start and end at different times. So you've got yep. – you could have velvet content coming in, you know, from – Tennessee or Kentucky, like legally for the first time as of last year in August, you know, you yep. could potentially be putting kill footage out the first exactly. week of September, you yep. know, let alone if you, you know, a lot of the guys travel, like I know we had a couple of guys went to Wyoming last year yep. out of the Great Lakes region. So Cooper had some stuff to work with, you know, in mid-September Yep. when we're still out here waiting on opening day, exactly. you know, checking trail cameras and talking about scouting and access so it's kind of yep it's, a, it's just a cool dynamic to be able to have that kind of a reach and bring bring yeah. those different seasons into one into one place yeah no i mean it's it's a really cool system i mean yeah. it's hard it'd be hard to replicate it'd be impossible without like i said in the beginning everybody yeah so right yeah it's you guys got a well-oiled machine over there man because it's like you said and i'm sure it didn't you know, click on all cylinders when it first started happening too. I mean, it would take time to, to find the groove and find the niche and, and take it from there. I think it's so yeah. cool that, you know, five every, you know, five, six days, you guys are putting out an episode really, you know, throughout the whole year. Like that's, that's what's unique to me. And like you said, you know, people like to see that semi live, like what's happening right now, or, you know, within a week's time basically like what's mm-hmm. what's going on and to get a kill one night and then have it out live the next morning that's pretty that's pretty tough man yeah no i mean it it's i've always when i think about it you know midwest whitetail was four years ago the show i watched every day you know i was yeah. just like every person that watches it now um you know i never had tv growing up so i never got to watch the outdoor channel or any of that other stuff and Back in 2008, I found Miller's Whitetail. You know, I was like 12 years old or something. And it was free then. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it was just. Never changed. You know, those guys, uh, you know, Bill, Jared, Aaron, Greg, you know, they they created something pretty cool that I've had a lot of. I've had, a, you know, the people I've got to learn from is one of the biggest blessings mm-hmm. as far as yeah. where I'm at editing in our careers. So For sure. Well, cool, man. I mean, I. I think it's awesome that, you know, got you on here to talk about this because I like to hear the digital side of things as well. Like I said, I'm just dipping my toes into it. I've been doing the TV thing for a long time and we're going to start doing some digital stuff. And I like to hear stuff from guys like yourself and, and pick your brain about it. So that's, that's really cool. I I don't really have anything else. Justin, you got anything in, in closing on this? I think if I had to kind of put a blanket over it all, it would be to the viewers and just, You know, a lot of the comments we see every year, I mean, I've already seen it this year, people people are disappointed because they've already seen this footage come out during the season. And for people that have that, that make that observation, I'll call it, you know, keep an open mind to what it takes to essentially reproduce something like this. And I don't mean by, I don't mean reproduce like in the physical sense, I mean from the production standpoint, like realize we're taking footage that's already been used yes but we're giving it more of a 50 foot view now, versus a thousand foot view you know with- my my thing is any person that says that hasn't watched the episode right i mean yeah. I, that's go, because go, go it's, it's not even kill. 
in the in the main show versus that same. Yeah, show it's not even Casey close. Delivered. It's not, I not mean, even close to the same production level. You know, it's a different style. Chasing right. November is a very dramatic, chronological, educational series. Yeah. You know, you you just can't fit those types of things. And, you know, this hunt in Missouri connecting to the hunt that's going on at the same time in Tennessee, you can't do that, the, right. you know, in the semi-live format that we were doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, for anybody out there that, you know, sees that initially, definitely do give it a chance because yeah. right away you'll see it's not even the same yeah thing. and i mean we just talked about you know here for 45 minutes about the fact that it's taken you six months to do this <laughs> after you've already done it for 15 weeks straight like you went 15 weeks straight from october until ata literally like i think you were editing something like the day before you went to ata mm-hmm. so you had two weeks off maybe after the deer classic and then you were right back in Yep. You were right back in the chase in November, like revisiting all that same footage up until three days ago. Yep. So, I mean, it's, <clears throat> if, if you have a problem with the fact that you're seeing the same footage, like think about how much time it took to actually dive into those stories and actually put that emotion into the whole series. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's, there's more to it than people think. For sure. Yep. Yeah, and like I said, I just it's cool to hear from other guys that are doing, you know, relatively the same thing and I just like to hear how they do it and, you know, the behind the scenes stuff, that's what I really like. So again, I, I wanna thank you for coming on, man, and I appreciate you taking the time to do this and and uh now you can breathe a little bit before you have to start filming here and editing again for the <laughs> season. So Yeah. No, I really do appreciate you guys letting me come on and talk about it. You know, we uh the company I work for, 41 North Media, you know, it's there's a lot of work that goes into producing hunting shows. So, um, for sure, one man. thing I, we didn't talk about is where you can find Chasing November Season Four. Uh, right now, you can find it on Realtree 365. And one thing I wanted to talk about too, we've been getting lit up about it not being on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I want to say about that, Realtree 365 was created as a spot for content to always have a home hunting content because as i'm sure you guys have seen youtube is putting more and more restrictions on what you can show or what you can use in descriptions or that type of stuff and you know eventually i would envision it just being harder and harder so we decided that that was the best way you know to just give it a new home just give it a new home one that's never going to be regulated and will always be available for the viewers and is, is it still free yeah yep yep 100 so nothing's changed on nope on that end of things it's just it's going to live in a different place yep so awesome awesome boys that's all well, I got. cool josh again thanks for coming on man and, and uh good luck this fall hopefully you knock down uh, knock down a big one and uh and uh edit your butt off <laughs> <laughs> One of those things is definitely going to happen. I don't know about the other. <laughs> what was that, which? Yeah, exactly. No, I appreciate it, guys. Really do. Yeah, thanks for coming on. want to succeed you want to fish you want to be one of the greatest tune in to west marines life on the water presented by costa custom boats every saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m eastern on waypoint tv pursuing wild game in wild places tune in to hunt stand presents saturdays at 8 30 p.m eastern waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment